Welcome to the Old Chats Pod with me, Amesh here. And me, James Factor. This podcast will tackle the taboo topic of mental health in a raw, honest and jovial way. We're two good mates who've met in London talking about their own mental health hiccups with some help from some special guests along the way. Welcome to episode 27. This is the Cold Exposure Chat. Here we speak to Justine Solomons about her experiences of cold water exposure, how she got into open water swimming and the benefits to her mental health. Hey, you good? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. You all right, mate? I feel a bit ill. A bit ill. I feel a bit bunged up at the moment, but... Yeah. I don't know if the COVID man's finally got me, but I've taken tests. I'm negative for now, but I'll still keep testing. It might be um, the other one. The, the super the super cold. Yeah, I'm reading this. I was reading in the media. It said this, I suppose it's like the, the biggest cold for, for ages. Yeah. No, it does, it does sound bad. I think I've had I've known people out. I mean, you, you look, you sound all you're not wiped out, wiped out. Just got a little. No, I'm just no, I just a little sore throat, cold stuff. You know, people can't see you at the moment, Mesh, but you're sporting a fantastic moustache at the moment. Yeah, haven't you got yours again? I uh, mate, I've um, I've called it quits on that since my family laughed at me last year. Since uh, I headed the Movember uh, drive. And uh, got laughed at for having basically a non-existent. You wouldn't be able to see it now if I did have it, but I don't have it. I always feel as if I just have to do it because it's quite. I thought, oh, it's obviously quite easy for me to grow a moustache, but yeah, face mask. But then also, I just go back to like this time last year where people were still at home, so they could get away with doing. Like I think a lot more people did it because you're at home, you don't have to deal with the embarrassment, but. Face masks. I'm definitely wearing my face mask a lot more now, so it has its benefits. Yeah. I think quite quite a lot of people have done it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we do we are actually doing it for the charity and for Tony as well. We're not just growing moustache for no reason. So and I just think awareness as well. Like no matter even if people aren't necessarily raising money, people are always aware when they see the moustache, being like, Oh yeah. But then it's got to a point now where I'm meeting people being like, Is this like a regular thing? And it's oh no, like they they don't, they, they feel a bit <laughs> Awkward asking if it's a regular thing or you doing it for my member. But I've just been playing along with it and said it's a regular thing now. So I think you should keep it for no, I don't mate. Everyone says <laughs> everyone everyone, no. everyone says this, but obviously appreciate appreciate the compliment, but you don't have to stick with it for the whole time. It's not you, isn't it? Your social life that's getting ruined. That's that's true. So, yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't say if you didn't generally look good with it, I wouldn't it like I wouldn't suggest it if it was uh, thanks, mate. So, see, it's obviously cool, isn't it? Yes. You're lucky. You've got you've got it as an option always for maybe later in life. True. For, when you get to a bit more dignified, you, I don't think I'll ever have that luxury. So, just got to keep it growing. But yeah, we'll wait and see. How have you been? How have you been otherwise? Uh, yes, all good. I couldn't make the last one, unfortunately. Uh, just just busy life stuff, but doing well. Yeah, I'm good. I think November uh, with the November stuff is good to uh, get involved with that. But I do find November quite a tough month, actually. Yeah, I don't. I think it's to do a bit as we well. We'll find out. Having spoken to Justine this week, but the uh, sort of the season, yeah, when it the clocks go back, that first few weeks, the shock of it before Christmas is just quite a bit of a down month. But I'm feeling this year compared to last, I'm feeling much better about it. So just yeah, the seasons, everything get a bit cold. Everyone's a bit. 
gets a bit darker and all that. So, yeah, people have got to grind through it and look after each other. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, not too bad. I don't think people know in here yet, but I know I said to you before that I moved to Canberra in the new year, moved to Toronto in the new year. So hopefully we'll be able to take this globally, worldwide. But I will still, I still like to think we'll still be doing it. So just have to do the time difference, mate. Book my flights, book my flights this week. So 11th of January, I'm out of it. Yeah, it's all confirmed, still done. Yeah, it's all sorted. So funny though, because like even I know you talk about the mental health thing, like there's always there was always that voice in my head. It's like, oh, there's always a reason. Be like, oh, you're making the right thing, you're making the right thing. And when I tell people, like for example, I haven't like sorted out an accommodation or stuff or like bank account, they're like, oh my god, what like all this sort of stuff. And it's like they're probably putting their they're putting their worries onto me, where it's like that's probably why they wouldn't do it if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They they could be yeah, they like, yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll find the reason not to do it. And I'm just like, think of it hypothetically, like why would I why would I book a flat that I've never seen before in this country, let alone another country? Yeah. It, but it's a mitigated risk you're taking as well, isn't it? Like yeah. the job sorted yeah, exactly. and stuff. So it's not, you know, you're you're jumping into something new, but it's not like without a kind of, you know, safety belt or whatever. So it's a good, uh, a great experience for sure. No, exactly. Yeah, it's like exactly the same thing I'm doing here in terms of work. So, yeah. Is it something um, you've always wanted to, to just yeah. get, out of, get out of the UK for a bit? Well, I think I had my year abroad and I studied there and I'm not, in a, not in a wanky, like, cliche way. I always thought I had unfinished business. Like, I don't think I had as good a time as I could have done. And I know we've talked about it before, the mental health, probably that as well. The way that I see it is like doing a full circle. Because like I said, it's not like, yeah. I don't think I was in the, the best mental state when I went. And like I said, when I finished, I was like, still had a good time, but I knew it could have been like a bit better. That's really interesting. That makes sense. I can understand that actually, yeah. Just going back to somewhere yeah. and re- replacing the old memory with a new one, a better one. Exactly. And don't, I'm not going to go to the same country, but different like city. But I don't, I wouldn't say I have like a negative image of that city but obviously it's like it's a bit tainted but yeah. now I'd want to go back and try and change that yeah sounds good we've had some Azim and Rafiq in the news recently come out a lot around the cricket um, the Yorkshire boards and the the racism stories that have come out from that and obviously Mesh you know you've spoken in detail about being a Yorkshire boy yourself you know being um, familiar with those kind of stories I guess you weren't yeah. particularly shocked or you weren't surprised by some of the, the stories you were hearing? I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I think, uh, number one, I think it's great that it's come out. That, but then number two, I just think it just highlights how naive I think some people are. I think some people think that, like, all this stuff hasn't happened, let alone cricket, let alone probably in most sports, uh, especially professional sports. Like, when you've got, like, an outsider, in, especially in terms of race and that old, like, I don't know, that lad mentality and things, like some of the stories that have come out about what's happened to... Rafiq is pretty pretty harsh and pretty damaging. But yeah, I think it's so funny because it's like all these things happened. Yeah. Granted, he's made mistakes. I've seen he said some some anti-Semitic posts and he said, like, don't get me wrong, not just he knows they're bad and things, but a couple of comments, people are trying to yeah. squash everything that he's kind of claimed. Yeah. And it works. It works both ways. Don't get me wrong. And as, as I said when I did my episode about the racism, like I think everyone has racial bias but it's up to everyone else to kind of like squash that in other people. Yeah. And that's, I was actually reading, try, trying to read up about, you know, more information and sort of articles of it and trying to figure out whether, you know, Yorkshire in particular 
has this issue or whether it's a sort of a, a wider one in the UK. And I think it'd be not, like you said, it's no, it would be naive to assume this is, this could not be happening in other places of the UK, but that there is, I think from what I've read, you know, there is yeah. this kind of, I guess with Yorkshire being quite a strong Asian community, like big community there, then I guess this issue is maybe potentially deeper in that part of the country than elsewhere. Yeah, potentially. I think I saw some stuff that came out today about, they obviously they've got that hotline now and a lot of people have called to the Yorkshire hotline about like these sort of claims but also in yeah. the Essex Cricket Club there's like three players have come out about it I get what you mean I think it's very brave of Rafiq to kind of come out and talk about it because it's really interesting because you've got like Adil Rashid who plays currently for England and Yorkshire and like Moeen Ali I think those these sort of things will definitely happen to both of them but they're yeah. obviously just a bit wary of it because they still play which is, which is sad to hear but I mean it's about time that these things have kind of had the, had its had its reckoning, and it just shows how yeah. time and everything's like developing, which is for the which is for the best. And I think I've read it like loads of stuff into Rafiq, whereby everything came, everything was going to come out about Gary Balance, and he made sure that Gary Balance had support like internally from the club before it went out. So it's not as if he's trying to get revenge; it's actually he's just trying to make a change. Yeah, he just has to. He just wants to say, and from you know, this is obviously a mental health discussion, and his like his he was having suicidal thoughts around the things that he was going through and coming out and talking about it is doing what's best for, obviously for him personally, but also for it's other people now are getting in touch and it's all coming out. So it sounds like it's kind of the first opening and then hopefully a lot more, or well, not hopefully, but more people will feel like they can speak up about it in future. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, yeah. I think it just goes back to, I think even when we mentioned it ages ago with Larry, when we talked about like racist banners in a team environment, and he had a very good point. He was like, if if somebody says something in that environment, if that was said outside in like a social environment, like at a pub and things, if that wasn't acceptable then, then why should it be acceptable within this sort of like team environment? I think especially like some of the stuff that Rafiq happened to him, he obviously, you didn't want to make a fuss of it because it's just him against everyone else to an extent. So that's kind of why I think he hasn't said it until probably now. But yeah, it's been, it must be tough for him, but hats off to him. For coming out yeah so today on the show mesh we've got someone from from my world the publishing world nice. uh justine solomon's director of bite the book general industry legends i'm very pleased that she's on the show and i uh, want to hear what she's got to say so justine welcome hello hello hey, justine, you're on. how are you i'm okay thanks how yeah, are good, you? Thank you i'm good have you been good yeah really well had a nice cold swim yeah. this morning. Oh, we'll get into that. Don't worry. <laughs> save, let save me know. It. Let me know if you ever, if you ever brave it. If you want to come. Yeah, we were. That was an idea, wasn't it? Like we yeah. could do uh, a plunge, and on the next episode, talk about how we felt. Yeah. Where do you? Where do you not? Where do you um, normally go? Hampstead Heath, Lido. The Parliament Hill Lido is amazing, and it's got a reflective bottom, and it's it's just one of the most beautiful pools in the UK. When do you sit, do you go, you go quite early, don't you, Justine, early morning? Uh, well, um, in the winter, it's only open to one o'clock. But yesterday, yesterday I got there about nine o'clock and I left about one. With a th- three and a half. So <laughs> I swam for about half an hour, less than half an hour, but I was just with friends and it's just, it's just an amazing place. So you, you can lose your life. It's like being on a holiday, really. 
Even in the rain, even in the rain. It doesn't matter. It was drizzly yesterday. In the free, in the freezing, freezing cold as well. It's probably nice in the cold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just at the right temperature now where it's so cold that you free, your body gets completely numb. So you don't actually feel the cold until afterwards. Right. I've only, yeah, I've only been to Lido's when it's been like the, the heat of summer. Yeah, yeah, and you've and you've jumped in, haven't you? And it's been really cold. It's like, oh my god, that's really yeah. bad. And then and then you, uh, yeah. And I was exactly the same as you until a couple of years ago. We'll get into we'll get into it. We'll find out. So, yeah, we yeah uh, we're still in the gold right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Lots of people I've spoken to have said that you know it it, it doesn't cure you, and it's like people talk about me- swimming for mental health and. You know, people say, I need to swim. I need to swim. If I don't swim, then I go crazy. Um, it, 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 it will really, really affect you, but it won't necessarily change your life. It has changed mine, but if you kind of put it in the right package, if you see it for what it is. But yeah, so I'm not, I'm not saying it will cure everything, but I kind of think it does. Well, no, no, you said it's cured for you, isn't it? Like everyone, everyone, everyone will have yeah, a different yeah. experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I kind of wanted to know. How long does it take? You said that now that it's sort of you're convinced by it. Did you take you? Did it take you certain weeks or months or years to really feel like it was making a affecting me? Yeah. Um. So so the first time. So I've always swum. Like since since I was a kid, I've always been really into swimming. I was not a competitive swimmer. Like I. I was never in any swim teams or anything. Once one of the girls dropped out in primary school and they, and she just learned to swim and they needed someone to go second in the relay and they got me in as a kind of a dead ringer. And I wasn't very good. Like, I'm not sporty. I'm like the least sporty person in the world. But um, when I had to get my BCG done, I was really nervous. They'd weigh me before it. So I started swimming before school every day. So I've always swum, but kind of on my own. And it's just, it's just, the thing I've done every day and I probably that's 37 years ago so but never cold water swimming a couple of times like you Amish in in the summer I might have dipped into the into cold water oh that's cold but never done it below 18 degrees that was my limit like I can't do it even 20 degrees was like the 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 minimum I went and then I had um, I've always suffered from depression and anxiety I've had like since I was a teenager and I had really bad anxiety in 2019 and my friend said come cold water swimming I was like no I can't and and I went to meet her the day before and she's this was like May 23rd 2019 I went to meet her day before and and I kind of she was shivering like a whippet very slim like shivering like a whippet and and she and she was with her friend and her friend's husband and they were like this is amazing this is amazing and I really can't do it that cold and then a friend of mine said, have you heard of Wim Hof? So I listened to Wim Hof that night and in, and I started doing his breathing and I've been doing his breathing since then as well. And, um, and part of that, he said, try cold water. And I went into the shower and I tried cold water on me and I thought, oh, this is really, and then I, and then I woke up in the morning and I felt like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I was still very anxious when I woke up, got to the Lido swam for 45 minutes my anxiety went just went so I don't I don't know whether it was doing doing the Wim Hof I don't know whether you know I've often had periods where I've been when I've been down and it just I can tell you the date it stops 
you know, I, I kind of have a click on and off and, um, and I, and it just stopped. It just, I, I felt better. So it's just an immediate like, visceral effect thing. to the, to the water and just has an effect for, for how long will that feeling last after you get out? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it's not it's not like it just gives you a boost it's just like I mean I both of you you met playing rugby didn't you you're both sports people so you feel that after you've played rugby you know after you've had you've had the adrenaline from from exercise that can I mean I think the whole day you kind of get little memories of the cold water on you like it, it like it leaves traces on you and but like I also stopped drinking about the same time as I started doing cold water swimming. And I feel a little bit like when I go swimming, I feel like a bit like I've had a glass of champagne for breakfast. Like you get a real high from it. And particularly when it's very cold, um, you get, you get very cold and then you shiver. Shivering is good. It's your body's way of warming up. And then, and then you get an endorphin rush. Um, there, there's such a thing I don't know whether you've heard of this before in exercise of endolphins um, which is only elite sportsmen get it apparently and it's like ultimate endorphins as in dolphin the swimming endolphins yeah, yeah. they're actually yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but it's not for swimming but actually it's kind of cute that yeah. dolphins swim that works well yeah uh, <laughs> so so but you do get this enormous high and um well you can I mean I have been depressed for periods of time since I've been swimming so, you know, it's not like it's a complete cure, but you, it, it does something to you. And, and before I, before I discovered cold water swimming, I used to go, I used to like, if I had anxiety, often when I was very bad, the only thing I could possibly do was drag myself out of bed and go to the pool near to where I live, but it was indoor. And by the time I'd finished, I I got rid of the anxiety. Like it wasn't as much of a high as cold water, but it was still exercise as a way of, of dealing with, I mean, it, like anxiety, it can be hormonal. Like you're, you've got this something happening and you and exercise can be a way of slowing it down um, or counteracting it. And and what is the, just for people listening, the Wim Hof breathing you were mentioning? Yeah. yeah. How, how does that so, work? So Wim Hof, Wim Hof is an amazing man. I don't know whether your listeners have heard of him before he's also known as the ice man um and he he's a omad so he's a one meal a day one meal a day yeah one minute is an omad vegan so that's one thing he does he only eats in the middle of the day i think and then he also says that you should do this breathing and you should meditate and you should do cold water therapy now the breathing is you you breathe in for three minutes and, and kind of oxygenate yourself and then you hold your breath for two minutes and you do that three times and I do that every single day and there's a lot of school of thought about how breath is very linked to mental health and actually when you're swimming you know it, breathing is very important when you're swimming as well so you're kind of you're, you're very focused on it and the other thing he does is to get people to get into cold water for a couple of minutes a day He's taken his his idea is that um, cold water stimulates your vagus nerve, which helps you fight inflammatory illnesses. So he he got injected mm. with E. coli and was able to fight it off. There's a I, the, the, if your listeners are interested, Russell Brand interviewed him. It's a really good interview that he did under the skin with with Wim Hof about 
about all his methods but he's taken like people to climb Kilimanjaro in shorts and going through the ice like he I mean he's he's a very extreme person I wouldn't necessarily recommend going as far as him but he's I mean there's something about going in cold water all you can possibly think about is survival so you're putting stress on yourself but you're controlling that stress so that when you get stressed later on in the day, well, you've, you, you've, you, you've mm. swum in freezing cold water. You can do anything. Yeah. That's removing that. I guess you're fighting this fight or flight. And if you're yeah. getting all that fight out at the, at the start of the day or whenever you do it, you don't have yeah. to, if you're sitting, you know, in a stressful situation or something, you're less likely to flight, I guess, if you've done that intense kind of stress to your body. I mean, uh, my sister-in-law was, talking about a therapist that they've spoken to or a friend of her therapist and she'd recommended or the therapist had recommended having a bowl of freezing cold water and dunking your head in that freezing cold water when you get really really stressed and making sure the center of your face is in that cold water because and that will stimulate your your vagus nerve again to to relax you and it's called the diver's response apparently and there is something when i get into that cold water my mind can be, I mean, you can hear I'm quite a, a butterfly brain and my mind can be all over the place. And I get into that water and it's still, you know, it, it stops my worrying. It, it kind of, I've, I've described it before as stilling my busy brain. Like it, it stops your worrying. Um, mm. And the colder, the better. When it's really, really cold, really the only thing you can think about is, is how am I going to survive this? It's freezing. And you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people, that's why people maybe go on roller coasters or bungee jump or parachute jump. Like you, all you can possibly think about is is surviving. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that I've done, Justin, is I always, I always end on a cold shower in the morning. That's what I always do. That's Yeah, oh, good. That was like, a, yeah, yeah. that was a thing I heard a while ago from like an athlete. But yeah, it's the same sort of concept, I presume, on a lot, obviously on a lot smaller scale. But Well, no, no, I think that's absolutely right. And in lockdown... I couldn't get into the Lido, yeah. it was closed. And so I would have cold baths or cold showers, but I'd made, made sure that I did them regularly because I wanted to keep up my resilience yeah. to it. You know, you can, you have, you have, you, you build up your ability to withstand the cold water. I, I've only, I've just started now. Mate. I didn't know mate, if you, I didn't know you've been doing that for that long. Mate. Well, I've always just never it. come up. I don't know. It's just, it works. Yeah, it just wakes you up. It's not not for long. I literally just I always make sure I end on a cold. How shower. long? It's, how long do you have the water seconds. at that temperature? Uh, I'll be honest, it's seconds. Oh, just, okay. So I would recommend I would because because the thing is when you and actually cold baths are better for right. this, but when you turn it to cold, it feels really cold, you know, and you're shocked by it. Um, if you do it for half, if you do it for thirty seconds or a minute or two minutes, then your body gets numb and you stop feeling the cold. So, so just just stand there in this cold water and say, yeah, this is going to hurt, but it's not going to kill me. It's just it's just going to make me cold, and I can survive this, and let it happen, and and try 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 a bit longer than a couple of seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. I, I've tried. To, I'm okay. trying to because I've just um, just by tangent. I mean, just uh, I've been. It's been coming up a bit more in the news, I think, cold showers. I don't know why, like, that's kind of why maybe I thought of it, but yeah. I've started, yeah, the last few weeks, I've started to gear up into it. So I do after right. after exercise, 
I'll do it straight away, but as soon as I can, freezing cold. And it's, I find it easier after exercise than I do first thing in the morning, obviously, because you're still asleep. And whereas you've right. got the blood pumping if you've done some some workout. So that one's that's fine. I don't I can and I can do it for quite a while as well. But the, the, I think this the discipline yeah. of, of thinking. I don't know whether you've either got to do it every day or you don't bother, because then I'll sort of forget about it for a week and I'll be like, oh, I should have done it once well, or twice. Um... Or, so I interviewed Caroline Saxon in the summer, who's an ice miler. There are 416 people in the world that have swum ice miles, which is um, a mile below five degrees. Um, and she's done it twice. And she, she, she says that actually you only really need to go into that cold water once a week to keep your immunity to it, to, to keep your... Um, resistant I can't, I'm getting the word for it but you know your your ability to to deal with it and you don't necessarily have to do it every day I mean I I think I'm a bit superstitious but I find it much easier if I've been the day before I, I'm just more used to it uh, but if you can if you can do that cold water regularly then your, your body would get more used to it and if you could do it every day that's excellent but but you mustn't feel pressure on yourself to do it every day or it mustn't be an excuse not to do it I mean that's that's the whole thing with exercise generally isn't it you, you can always find excuses not to do yeah. stuff it was uh talk yourself out yeah but I just wanted to rewind just when you said like a few years ago was it a few years ago you suffered from depression anxiety or was there any was there something that kind of like created that happened was there a trigger point um Oh, look, I don't know. I'm 50 this year. I just turned 50. Um, oh, no way. I, I would never have known. <laughs> thank you. I, thank you. <laughs> I sound really young on the podcast as well. <laughs> um, I just turned 50. I'm born the day before James, actually, um, but not the same year. But uh, yeah, we, we almost share a birthday. And um, so there is, I think there might be something hormonal happening, like menopausal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um I had some family issues I mean I don't know I've always got something going on with like stuff happening <laughs> I mean I st- I had my first breakdown pro- the first time I had a really tough time was when I was 14 and then I had another tough time when I was 19 I dropped out of law um, at Warwick University so I've always had little ups and downs yeah. um, and I don't take any antidepressants and and I do quite a lot to manage my mental health. I do a lot of meditation and things like that. So, but a couple of years ago, I, I just had this really intense anxiety, and I think that can, could be hormonal. I'm not sure, but it's something I haven't. It, it's something I hadn't really experienced before to that extent. And lots of my friends that are about my age are suddenly having it as well. Yep. So possibly, but um, yeah. And then you said so obviously say you've had these little hiccups here and there but you only just found what open water swimming a few years ago like cold water so i feel as if you've used other techniques before and then you've resisted like a bit of a revelation yeah i think so. i think i um i've always swum as i said and that did help me yeah. um with the anxiety initially um but i just found cold water swimming more effective um and as I said, Caroline Saxon, this woman I, I mentioned, um, she also, she was a professional swimmer and she wow. discovered cold water swimming. Like she was in Olympic teams almost and she was like an incredible swimmer. And, and she said it really helped with her mental health. And then um, 
she found that it de got decreasingly helpful as her body got more used to the cold water. Good. So, so there is some argument, but I, it's not just the cold water. It's, it's not just the swimming. It's also the community you find around it. It's so, so I said to you at the start that I was at the Lido on Sunday and I got there at nine o'clock and I left at one o'clock and I was in the water for about half an hour but I spent a lot of time with my friends there. It, 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 the sport is a very, it's very nurturing. It's dangerous. So you're all looking out for each other. Um, it's very, it's non-hierarchical. Like you're spending a lot of time with people in their underwear or less. And I, I don't, I mean, in lockdown, when a lot of the world wasn't happening, you know that was one of the outdoor places that people could go and I had this incredible community around me um that I I, I feel really and even when we weren't swimming even when we weren't swimming we had a whatsapp group and we were all supporting each other I don't know whether you had that with your rugby team but it you know you're doing those also um it's just incredible for your body image as well the cold water swimming is one of the few sports that you don't have to be skinny for like you're actually a bit better at it if you've got some body fat on you because you you know especially when you're cold you need to have something to to you know if you've got some fat on you it's a bit like having a wetsuit on you and I'm a skin swimmer so I, I don't ever put a wet I've never worn a wetsuit um, I've gone down to four degrees now I'd like to get to zero when it was lockdown I couldn't get to zero so I wear gloves and socks um, or I have in the past worn gloves and socks as it's got colder this year I've managed eight degrees without anything um, so I just have a hat and goggles and earplugs and a swimming costume um, and yeah so 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 you're you know that's when when I was doing the channel and they, they, you know well part of the channel <laughs> I, I could talk a bit about that later there is a there's a one you know all the people that have swum the channel the, these amazing women, this woman, Sarah, I can't remember her surname, um, an American that's done it four ways. Like she's gone there and back and there and back. And she's not skinny. She's not, she doesn't look like a sports person looks. I, 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 I just think it's quite good for, uh, you know, beach body. <laughs> it's, it's very different to a cold water swimming body. Yeah, it won't get you anywhere in freezing waters. No, you see, you see, people, you see these women. You see these women turn up, and and some guys in their kind of budgie smugglers, and the girls turning up in their bikinis, and they look incredible. They've got amazing bodies, and they're absolutely freezing in the water. And you just think, what are you? You know, they don't have hats on. They they just like they're saying, oh, you know, I I need to look fabulous to go. To it's not like that at all. It's it's um a much more down to earth sport. So maybe we can move on to the channel stuff then. That'd be great to hear about. So your community yeah. that you've built in swimming and obviously now through that, you can go and do these challenges and stuff. Maybe tell us a bit more about uh, how you got, how you got lined up to do that. And, um, and, for, and actually quickly, how cold is the channel then compared to other waters or the Lido? Okay. So the sea doesn't get as cold as the Lido. Okay. Well, it, it's more temperate than the Lido because the water's always moving. So in the summer, it won't get as warm. So the, the Lido got up to about 23, 24 degrees when it was 25, when it was boiling hot in London, but it can get down to zero. 
the sea will maybe go up to like I was swimming from Dover so that channel the channel goes up to about 20 I think is the maximum but it won't go below seven averagely but maybe it'll get to four if it's freezing freezing cold um so we swam we were due to go in August and we kept on it kept on being delayed and we eventually went in October and the sea was 16 degrees so not not too cold I mean I I I got in the water at 4 30 in the morning in the dark and the air temperature was nine degrees. So it's not only the temperature of the water that's relevant, it's also the air temperature. So if, you know, and, and also the amount of wind that's around, if it's very windy, then that's also going to chill you. So how did you end up on a beach? How did you end up on a beach at 4.30? Yeah, well, yeah, we met the boat 2.30. My friend set off at 3.37. Um, so I have always wanted to swim the channel ever, ever since I was a kid. I was just like, you know, that was the most exciting <laughs> i thought that was the biggest achievement well, i wanted to swim the channel win the nobel prize for literature discover the cure for cancer so i had quite quite bold ambitions as an eight-year-old and um <laughs> um you still got you still, still time, time and i still, still you know still write yeah. and i still yeah. want to help people anyway yeah. so i still work on cancer i wonder i want plate spinning well, no, no, i think cancer yeah plate spinning james you you are you are the the uber achiever you do loads of things so um i do think i do think that cold water um isn't it i don't think it's a cure for cancer but cancer is an inflammatory illness so cold water can help it anyway um i was so i started swimming in may and then I swam through the summer into the winter and we um, and I and, and the first winter they had a they had a sauna there um, and we used to sit in the sauna and chat and it was just amazing community and have cups of tea and and someone mentioned the fish parliament hill ice swimming hootenny and uh, and I took part in these championships which was great fun I was in a relay and I I, I really started getting to meet people and it, it was good and then and I met channel swimmers like people that actually swam the channel like one guy this guy Dom had swum the channel um, a couple of years ago and 10 years ago he couldn't even swim like heroes I met these heroes and uh, um, and then I heard about a team that were going to go and someone dropped out she had Raynard she was worried that her hands would be too cold in the in, in the channel and I was quite down at the time when she dropped out and they asked me and I was like, no, I can't. I'm feeling really rubbish. And, and then I started coming up again. You know, I said, I've still had these blips. And so on the 3rd of December, they said to me, oh, do you want to do it? And I just come out, just come out. I said, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll join you. And we started training. So that was in December and it could be for the following August. Um, so all the training, amazing experience, amazing experience. Like we didn't complete the channel, um, but the tr- like the things I did, like I swam um, in Merchant Taylors in um, in in their lake there. The previous summer in lockdown, I had swum in the docks as well. Like, like I, I I'd gone to amazing places, and I I'm very scared as well as as well as not being particularly sporty. I'm quite scared of dark water, putting my face in dark water. So all of this was quite a journey, but I, I just I've always wanted to do it. So I so I said, yeah, so so in order to swim the channel, 
you have to qualify. You have to have a medical, um, which we did in, in March, I think March or April. Um, but we also had to um, swim for an hour and a half below 16 degrees, get out for an hour, go back in for an hour. And this, this, this is all training. This is all, still, the, 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 that, not even, yeah, the training, obviously you have to be, you have to, so the, the relay in order to swim the, cha the channels, averagely somewhere, the fastest time is like nine hours, but averagely it's about 15, 16 hours. Um, some, I know people that have done it in 20 or 22 hours. Um, that's a long time to spend in 16 degree water. So, so, but the relay, you have a maximum of six people and you each do an hour of time and then you sit on a boat for five hours and you get back in the water. Um, right. So I was doing an hour, you have to swim for an hour of time, but in order to qualify to be allowed to do this, um, you have to, you have to do the hour and a half, get out for an hour, go back in for an hour. And we did that for the first time. So we did that below 10 degrees um, at uh, Dover with the King Swimmer. The King Swimmer, Kevin Murphy and his colleagues. Kevin Mur Murphy has swum the channel 34 times. Like he's a barnacled man. He's like, he's amazing, amazing. And there were lots of, there were, there were, I met people that have done a double, so there and back, and women that have swum like around the world doing all these amazing, amazing swims. Um, I didn't I didn't manage to do it below 10 degrees. It's, it's a big thing to be able to do at 10 degrees. One of my teammates, um, Paul, did. But I swam in this freezing cold water for half an hour and then half an hour, like at nine degrees. And then we went out into the channel and they told us each to jump off the boat and swim for 20 minutes next to the boat. And I did it. You know, I was the first one and I went in that water and I swam in the channel. I was like, I was in, you know, almost in tears, like I am doing this thing that I've always wanted to do and I'm not scared. I'm a bit scared, but I'm not scared. You know, I'm, I, I, I think when you're training for something, you have all these fears that you have in your head about like, jellyfish or, or I don't know, darkness or cramps or whatever. And then when you actually do it, all you can think about is achieving it. Um, so, so, yeah. And then I went back um, and then did it at 13 degrees and I qualified. And it was so an hour and a half and, and back out and then back. And I, sh you know, that in Merchant Taylor's, when I said when I did it at eight degrees, I shook. So so I, I mentioned the shaking. I sh shook uncontrollably. But and you have to be careful because you do get such a high from you can get such a high from the shaking. Like. I, I don't think I've ever had a high like it afterwards, like when you come back again, it's like it's I don't know whether you've heard of tray yoga a type of yoga where you also you put your body under stress and it shakes and it's a way of of getting rid of trauma with it that your your body's holding not necessarily you're mentally holding your body's holding and i and i think that shaking that you get from cold water is also a similar kind of release yeah so i so i did i did that training and then i went down to folkestone in may of last year and started trying to get used to the sea folkestone's a little way along from dover and I and, and, and I and I'm really, you know, as I said, I'm quite nervous in dark water and I got used to how it feels to be in the sea and the darkness and like navigating jellyfish and those kind of fears, you know, all the fears you could possibly have. I have them. The darkness, I think, would for me, I don't think I well, could do that, like not not the water, but being at night and just setting off in the water or. Or going that far out and not being able to see it, I think that would that would so, do me. So, so um, when I was down in Folkestone, so I went down in May and then I went 
back waiting to do this channel swim that was meant to happen in August. My husband and I kind of relocated to the, to Kent for two weeks in the summer. We thought we might as well work from, from Kent. And he went home because we still hadn't done the channel swim. And I stayed in Folkestone and met up with this girl. I went down to Mermaid Beach, which is just my favourite place to swim in, in Folkestone. And I met this woman, Kirsty, um, who trains people to be more confident in the sea. Kirsty Hogden. And um, so I just went down. To, I mean, that's the thing about cold water swimming. You can go down to a beach and there's other people around. You can just go up to somebody and say, do you mind if I swim with you? And generally, they're very happy to have someone else swim with them. And and she, we just watched some RAF and they'd all watched it from the water. I said, do you mind if I come? And she I mean, swam with her and I said, I'm really nervous of jellyfish. And she said, OK, why don't we have a session together? And she talked to me about jellyfish. And I said, I'm also really scared of swimming at night. She said, OK, we love swimming at night here. And she called all of her friends or lots of her friends and said, we're going to do a night swim. And I had about they have the, the Sandgate Seabirds, which is just on from Folkestone. And I had about 15 women with me swimming at night. And we had, it was, it's so joyful swimming at night. It's like, you're like a kid. Like, so I also did a night swim with um, some of our, my teammates in the Jubilee River. And that was pitch, pitch black. I mean, when we were in Folkestone, we had, we had lights with us, but it was pouring with rain and like, just, what are we doing? Like, it was a Sunday night. Like we had to go at midnight because it was in the middle of the summer. And actually it's just, it's really exciting swimming at night. We had a previous guest, Jamie, who said before when he lived in yeah. Australia, he always used yeah. to wake up and go into the sea. as like a as like a lifestyle thing. So he'd wake him up before yeah, he had to go to yeah. work. I, there's something, when I was in Folkestone, there's just something incredible about going in the sea. Like I promised myself, whatever the weather I get in, and some days you can't, there's waves crashing over you, but you don't need to swim in that. You can just jump the waves and, and, and have fun in it. And, and it's just about having respect for this body of water. I mean, it's, it, do, it does something incredible to you. I don't, I, there's also the tidal pools, which are protected. So even when the sea is quite rough, you can go in these tidal pools and there's there's one in Margate that I've been to that's just lovely. They're only accessible at low tide, but you you are you can swim in your depth the whole time. And but you just feel a bit different having been in saltwater. Like I, I love the Lido. It's it, it's an amazing community. It's an amazing thing. It's lovely being somewhere safe. Yeah. But but going into the sea and facing that fear and there's always a little bit of fear i one of one of the swimmers i i know from the lido sally gobel is uh she swam the channel and she's one of the slowest channel crossings i think she did it in like 22 hours or something like that um and i said how, how, are you scared of the sea and she said yeah absolutely i said how did you how did you do it for 22 hours and she said I, I pretended i had a lobotomy she you just don't think when you swim you just and that i mean that's a bit like meditation as well isn't it that you train your brain not to go off and get distracted. And in the same way, when you swim, just train your brain to stay on the actual fact of swimming for the hour from 4.37 until 5.37 in the dark, swimming next to this boat. I didn't think about anything else apart from swimming as fast as I possibly could. You just get into that zone, don't you? It's like, yeah, you don't really think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what it, it's a word that I know you said it then. I wouldn't be scared of the dark because I can't see anything. Like, I wouldn't want to know what's there. But, yeah, it's one of those things that you just get into that sort of element and just 
you think you don't think about those sort of things yeah I, I've always been petrified of the dark until I was I didn't leave home till I was 28 <laughs> um and I was really scared of being in the house by myself when I was when I was younger and of walking around at night and and I mean now I'm not scared like like there's an incredible freedom in thinking I can swim at night I can swim in I can swim in cold water I can swim in the dark, in dark water. I don't have to, I don't have to be in a pool. So suddenly having, having, believing that you can overcome all of these things just, just gives you such a, such a lift. Yeah, for sure. And, and just in data, I guess, having, knowing that that's there always must be reassuring, I think, in your day. And obviously at Meshi and I, we have sport, and you have routines yeah. that you go through how it helps to know that that's always going to come up at some point you know in the day and I guess with swimming like that the freedom you get from it it's also the knowing that it's there yeah. it's going to be coming up soon and yeah whatever happens you, you get, just re- get to it. it's it's available you can get reset yeah. there um and I, like I said to, I said to you earlier that I feel a little bit like I'm on holiday whenever I'm there um it's it's got that kind of atmosphere it's 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 in its cocoon you're in a you're in a different place and you're kind of all your woes are away um i mean it's just i mean i think we often associate holidays with swimming pools anyway just seeing that color blue i mean the lido has got reflective bottom so it's it's just absolutely gorgeous and you think you only want to swim on really sunny days but actually swimming in the rain is amazing swimming in the snow is amazing um swimming on a gray day when like often on a gray day for example when it's raining there's no one else in the pool that's just a fabulous or swimming in the rain you can you can see all of these kind of little bubbles kind of raindrops under the water as you're swimming and it completely changes how you feel about the winter like I I always wanted to go away in the winter or be in hot climates in the winter and dread you know how you hold your body tight in cold weather and that's changed since I started swimming like bring on the cold I want it to get cold because I I want to see how my body can cope with it yeah, it sounds like it might be a nice kind of antidote to like SCD, I think so. like seasonal disorder, because I've already started noticing it. When the clocks go, I always look out for it. Yeah. In, and so November is probably one of the worst months because you're getting in, yeah. you know that it's just started and it's it's not going to come back for a while. Um, so I've always kind of, you know, had that on my mind or it just affects me in a way that I guess it does everyone, but I, I really notice it. Yeah. so maybe this sounds like it's like a, you just switch it around and just embrace it and be like actually this is a chance to maybe try something else if someone if listeners if they are doing you know having SED at the moment Sads, yeah jump yeah. in freezing water well, see what also it, you know in the water the light is reflected so you get even more you get a really intense burst mm. of light and and especially with this reflective bottom, but you know, even in the city, like to swim at sunrise or to swim at sunset, it's just it's an amazing experience. But also to know that the night isn't it isn't out of bounds. Like you could also swim at night, and there's there's charm and magic there as well. Swimming in op- open water is less solitary because you you always find these communities. Uh, it sounds like a good mix actually it sounds yeah. like a good you, 
if you want to just zone out, you can. Yeah. But then there are people, you know, around if you, to engage with it if you want. Exactly, to, to exactly. And and I mean, I, I'll go and I'll go and chat to people, but especially in the summer, I'll swim for an hour and I won't speak to anybody for an hour. And I I might have some, like while I'm swimming. I mean, I've I've done two hour swims there as well. And while I'm swimming, there are people coming and going and swimming next to me, and I might race them for a little bit, and or I might see them around the side or you know wave at them but you kind of you you are with them but you're also apart from them so yeah it's a good it's a good mix no definitely also i forgot to say just, we need to say thank you to you because you're the first person that commented oh, really on podcast, on podcast when i have oh, yeah because i sent i sent the message to james like who's, oh, who's jay solomon's i'm a big fan of james i think he's a very impressive person he's done some really interesting things so Oh, we'll have to edit this out now. <laughs> edit it out or just make the whole podcast about me saying James is really impressive. Like, it's in the yeah. Czech rugby team. It's just amazing. 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 Um, oh, you're blushing. You can't see that on the yeah, podcast. You can't, no. But I am actually, yeah. It's just hot in this room, I think. So, oh. It's really yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember who went. It's between, it's, it's between you two because I was last in Jordan. So okay, I flipped the coin and then the losers got to do a song, a story, a joke. So Justine, you can call it in the air as a special okay. guest. Heads. John. Tails. Okay. Okay. These are really corny jokes. Okay. okay. What's orange? What's green and not heavy? Green and yeah. Light green. <laughs> <laughs> this is a book. They're really big joke. A wizard asked me to proofread one of his manuscripts. Well, it was more of a spell check. <laughs> Great publishing joke. <laughs> Isn't it good publishing? To the person that stole my diary, my thoughts are with you. <laughs> <laughs> and and the mental health one. Okay, to the person that stole all my antidepressants. I hope you're happy now. Uh, <laughs> see, they're the kind of jokes you like, but I didn't expect five. That's it. Yeah, I know. I know. My husband was on a roll when I asked him some questions, some jokes. Oh, superb. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Thanks very much. Cheers, Justine. Speak soon. Please follow and share us on Instagram and Twitter at allchatspod with a space.